0: good morning my name is pastor Kimmy and I'm so glad to have you here at my house with me and I'm gonna share the message with you this morning and uh, just like everybody else across this world we are doing all of our jobs and responsibilities from our own homes and so yeah you get to hang out with me in my house this morning so uh, I wanted to just say before we get into the message uh, I have I just wanted to say to you that uh, I know that a lot of you are feeling very alone right now, that this is a very difficult time for all of us. I know that a lot of people have been laid off um, or managers or businesses have had to lay people off. I know that there's businesses that are in trouble and that you're struggling, and, and I know it is a really difficult time. And I just wanted you to know that just as the staff and the, the elders, the board from Gateway, we just want you to know that you are loved, that God loves you, that, that we want you to know that you are cared for. And I know there's just so many things that are changing like every single day, right? Changing and so many concerns that we have about loved ones that might be in care homes or or the hospital and people that we can't see, and uh, we're all doing meetings online in different ways and trying to connect with people, and uh, and feeling um, isolated and and a little bit um, shut in. And I again just wanted you to know that we we hear you we feel for you We understand and we want you to know that we are here for you So if you want to give the church a phone call one of our staff would love to call you back Um, The the office is closed But we would love to call you back and to stay connected with you and one thing that I wanted just to say in the midst of all of this um, there's a scripture from Hebrews 13 8 And I love this translation because it's from the Passion. And it says that Jesus, the Anointed One, always the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, there's a lot of things changing right now, but I just wanted to remind you that great is God's faithfulness. That this is a time for us, even as things are changing, to remember that God never changes. He is unchanging. So I I pray that you put your hope in him because he's the only thing that's not going to change. And so count on his love for you. Great is his faithfulness and great is his love for you today and tomorrow and forever. All right, well, we're gonna get into our next week of this series on forgiveness. We're talking about letting go of the hurts that we carry, and today especially, we're talking about forgiving others when it can't be reconciled. And uh, I'm gonna just open in prayer. Lord Jesus, I pray that you, Holy Spirit, would just bring your word this morning, Lord God. I pray that you would invade our homes, Lord Jesus, wherever we are gathering from, Lord God. Uh, I pray that your presence would be felt, Lord Jesus, by every single one of us. And so come, Lord Jesus, teach us, show us. Um, just just pour your, your anointing and love upon us, Lord God, that we would hear your word and respond to it. Thank you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right. So as we um, as we move forward, we're talking about forgiving others when it can't be reconciled. And I know I hope you love my notes because I don't have, you know, fancy, fancy notes. Um, But here you go. Forgiving others when it can't be reconciled. And so we're going to talk about it from two different perspectives. And the first one, we're going to talk about reconciliation between God and us. And then we're gonna talk about it between us and us, between me and you and you and me and our families and our friends and people that we need reconciliation with. So the first scripture that we're gonna go to is Colossians 1, verses 15 to 20. And so if you wanna pull out your Bible or or open that up on your phone, we're gonna read this passage and it's a few verses, so it'd be great to have you follow along. All right, it says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones and kingdoms and rulers and authorities in the unseen world. And everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and He holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is His body, and He is the beginning, the supreme over all who rise from the dead. So He is first in everything. For God, in all His fullness, was pleased to live in Christ. And through Him, God reconciled everything to Himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. That is an incredible passage and I know there's so much gold there's so much meat in that passage And I hope that you'll just write that down Colossians 1 15 to 20 and take a look at that again after the service But I want us to take a look especially at verse 20 and we're going to take a look at this one quite a bit It says in there and through him. So so we're talking about Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ God reconciled everything to himself he made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of christ's blood on the cross so that kind of makes me think like let's ask this question so god wasn't at peace with everything on heaven and earth is that what that's saying well we're going to take a look at that and to answer that question we're going to actually back up a little bit you see there's god right god He has no sin. None, none, none. He is perfect. He is sinless. He is blameless. He never has had sin, never will have sin. He's never made a mistake and never will make a mistake. That's our God. It's just not possible that he would make a mistake or sin. And he created everything and he holds it all together perfectly. He designed it. He made it happen. And then He, who is sinless, decided that he wanted to create man and woman, okay? And so God decides that he wants a relationship with humanity. God, who's perfect, wants a relationship with humanity. And so he starts humanity by creating Adam and Eve, right? And and we know this, and, and Adam and Eve weren't God, they were human. And they did have sin, right? So humanity does have sin, God, what does he have? He is no sin. God is sinless, but humans have sin. You see, and God didn't want sin in the world that he created, but he also didn't want puppets, right he didn't He didn't want us with no free will. He wanted us to choose. Him and so he gave us free will and with that package deal came sin, right? so And we know that because God was without sin and we have sin and so it separates us Now what I'm gonna get you to do is I'm gonna actually get you to stand and it's gonna be kind of hard for me Because of the camera and I got everything set up, but I want you to do this. Please, please, please do this with me Okay, so I want you to stand wherever you you're in your house and um I want you to imagine now that God is sitting in your chair. Okay? So you're just going to imagine that God is there and he's sitting in your chair and God is perfect. All right? And then what's going to happen is I'm going to ask you uh, a question. And if you have. um, chose that sin if you have done that thing then you're gonna stay take a step backwards again I can't do that because I'm in the corner, <laughs> but I want you to do this. Please, please, please do this with me Okay, so first first question. Have you ever been mean? Have you ever been mean to somebody? Have you ever called somebody a bad name if you have take a step back? Have you ever been angry like yelled at someone cursed at somebody swore at somebody if you have Take a step back. Have you ever fought with somebody? Like physically or just, you know, verbally? Take a step back. Have you ever stolen anything? Maybe from a store, maybe something from a parent or a family member, or maybe it was your brother's cupcake and you knew that he was saving it and you really wanted that cupcake and you stole it and you ate it and you knew it was wrong. Take a step back if you've ever stolen anything. What about gotten revenge? (laughs) Maybe your brother did steal your cupcake and so you decided you were going to get him back. You were going to pay him back. Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And so you put blue food coloring into his toothpaste and crumbs into his bed as revenge to get him back. Or maybe some other way that you have been revengeful to somebody else. If so, Take a step back. Have you loved something more than you love God? Take a step back. Have you loved money more than God? Take a step back. Have you loved people more than God? Your family? Take a step back. Have you loved video games more than God? Take a step back. Have you ever told a lie. Take a step back. So for most of us, I know if it was me and I was actually taking steps back, I would be like way back there, like 20 feet, right? You see, this is what sin does. It takes us back. We take a step back from God. So if we're imagining that God is like sitting in this chair and all of our sin, it separates us. There's this distance between us and between God. You can come back and sit in your chair. Well, you know, in the God story, if we follow it through, we've talked about Adam and Eve and humanity, right? Humanity has sin and God does not. Well, the generations carry on in the God story if you follow through the Old Testament. And there's more problems with people, there's more sin, and yet God continues to choose relationship with humanity. It's incredible because God is perfect and humans are not. And because we're not perfect, God comes up with a way to keep us connected to Him. You see, right? We know that we are all sinners and we need atonement. And you might be thinking, whoa, that's a big word for a Sunday morning. What is atonement? Well, atonement is compensation or payment. You see, we have sin, right? And so there is a debt to be paid there is a bill to be paid. We need atonement or compensation or payment for our sin. And so then God instructed the people in the Old Testament, the Israelites, to make sacrifices and offerings to him to atone or to pay for their sin. This was his plan because remember he wants relationship with mankind and so he comes up with this idea of atonement, a sacrifice, an offering. And it was called the sacrificial system in the Old Testament and it was a means of grace by which the relationship between God and humanity begins to be restored. So there were offerings and sacrifices, and they were this key practice of bringing this relationship back between God and people. And the word offering, if you look in the Old Testament, there's many different kinds, but offering included grain offering and animal offering see there's the story of Cain and he brought an offering to the Lord from the fruit of the ground right it was like a fruit or a grain offering and Abel brought one from his flock it was an animal offering and when we call it a sacrifice a sacrifice is always an animal offering so now you know the difference between those all right so the offering or sacrifice was a gift or a present. It was a tribute. It was atonement. It was compensation. It was payment to clear the sin of the people away so that they were no longer separated from God. And the prophet Samuel said, to obey is better to sacrifice. And oh boy, is that ever the truth. But how many of us can live sinless, perfect lives, always in obedience? We just can't because we're humans, we have sin, and so God comes up with this. So you can read through the whole Old Testament and see the process of making a sacrifice, building of altars, there was burnt offerings and peace offerings, and it was this process and this this relationship between the people in giving the sacrifice to keep them in good standing with God. You see, they needed to atone, to pay the bill, to pay the debt for their sin. And then in the Exodus, in the book of Exodus, there's this monumental event that happens. It's called the Passover. And you see, what was going on is that the Israelites um, had moved And we're living in the land of Egypt and we've learned a little bit about Joseph over this forgiveness series and he was the second in command to the Pharaoh uh, and he brought his family to Egypt during a, a great famine and so the Israelites are living in Egypt and things are really great and then generations go by and Joseph has passed away the Israelites are still in Egypt and there's a new Pharaoh and this Pharaoh doesn't know Joseph He doesn't know he can trust the Israelites, he doesn't know they want to be in unity with him, and so he actually thinks that he needs to control them and squash them because he's threatened by them and by their numbers. And so lots of stuff happens, but God basically wants to restore this relationship again with humanity because now the Israelites are living in slavery and he wants to bring them out. And so Moses goes to the Pharaoh and a whole bunch of things happen called the 10 plagues. And on the very final plague, God sends a warning. This last plague was coming and he says to Israel to get ready. You see, each Israelite family household had to sacrifice a lamb. And and we've we've just learned, right, that sacrificing animals and offerings was a part of their relationship with God. So for them, this wasn't that weird. This was okay. And what God said for them to do was to sacrifice the lamb and to take the blood and to put the blood on the doorposts of their homes. Then when God sent the angel of death in to, annihilate to kill the firstborn sons of the land any time there was blood over that doorpost the angel of death would pass by and sure enough that's exactly what happened god sent the angel of death his message was heard by the israelites they had put the blood of the lamb on their doorposts and their sons were saved but the egyptian sons were not See, because of the blood of the Lamb, the Israelites were saved. There was a shedding of blood. And this tradition of Passover for the Jewish people has happened every single year since the biblical time of Exodus. Until, Until today, they're still partaking in it. But I want to stop for a second just at the time of Jesus. You see, Jesus, his death was actually the sacrifice of the last lamb to be given, the lamb of God. And you know, as as uh, I don't know if you know this, but at the exact time that Jesus was being crucified, that the moments of when the nails were going into his hands, when he was spread across that crucifix and nailed to that cross at the exact time the jewish leaders were in the temple sacrificing the lamb for the passover but jesus said he came and he said that he was the lamb of god he was the final sacrifice for every single one of us why because god is perfect and we are not And there's this disconnect, right? There's this distance between us. And every time we sin, it's like we get farther and farther and farther away from God. It's like we have a sin credit card, right? And it's like cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. We make a mistake, we sin, and we rack up how much sin debt that we have, right? And we have no way to live eternally with God because we have debt cha-ching ching but jesus colossians 1 15 let's go back to that scripture again jesus is the visible image of the invisible god the creative one who created all of heaven and earth the things we see and don't see jesus christ is the head of the church the fullness of god himself the father the son and the holy spirit and in verse 20 and through him Through Jesus Christ, God reconciled everything to himself. Jesus was sacrificed once and for all. He made peace with everything on earth and in heaven by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Right? So all the sin debt that we've racked up, right? Like all of these bills, all of this debt, all of this sin debt that we have. Jesus makes the final payment. He is our atonement. You see there had to be blood shed in order to wipe the sin clean and just like the offerings of the old testament the sacrifices of the old testament the grain the animals there was a bill there was a debt that had to be paid and it had to be a blood payment ours or his and guess what somebody had to pay and you know what none of us can because none of us are perfect Jesus is perfect. And he just was on that cross and said, God, I will reconcile the people to you, all people, he said, God, I know this was your intent. This is this was our intent from the very beginning. The humanity would be in relationship with God. And so I'm going to do it, Jesus says. He's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to reconcile humanity back to you, God, because that was your original intent. That's exactly how you wanted this story to play out. And so I'm going to pay the debt of sin. And so he reconciled. And reconciled means bring back to a former state of harmony. You see, Jesus knew. He knew that that was God's intent. He knew that this was God's plan from the very beginning. Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God, they got together and they collaborated and they teamed up and they created everything. And then it was broken by our sin. And then Jesus is on that cross and he's like, I'll do it, Father. I'll do it. I will reconcile humanity back to you, God. I will bring them back to a former state of harmony. That is reconciliation. And you know what? For every single one of us, it cannot be done without Jesus. You can't sacrifice a lamb now. You can't go out and and grow a, a field of wheat and bring in your best harvest and say, okay, God, can you take this as the atonement, as the payment for my sin? God's like, no, it is finished. That part of my relationship with humanity is over. Reconciliation between humanity and God was finished through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He atoned our sins. Isn't that the most incredible thing? Okay, well, let's keep reading in Colossians 1:21. It says, this includes you. There's like not one single one of us that is exempt from being able to accept the gift of atonement from Jesus Christ. It says it right there in the scripture. This includes you who were once far away. You, enemies, separated. So no matter how far back you were, no matter what your distance, no matter what your separation from God, he's saying even by your evil thoughts and actions, you are reconciled to God through Jesus Christ, through the death of Christ in his physical body. And as a result, He has brought you into his own presence. That's how much God loves you. He has brought you into his own perfect presence. And you are holy and blameless and stand before him without a single fault. Oh man, I don't know where you are, but I hope you're saying amen. Because this is the best news ever that Jesus paid our debt for every single one of us. You, no matter what sin, debt, no matter how much you've cha-chinged and racked up, God wants to forgive you. God wants you to be reconciled to him. And so I want you to actually say that with me because I really want you to get this. I want you to say, I am reconciled. I am reconciled. And then I want you to say, I am reconciled through Christ. I am reconciled through Christ. And i hope that you mean it i hope that you believe it you see what's so exciting about this message today is that this this day is actually a remembrance of palm sunday you know a couple thousand years ago when jesus rode into jerusalem and it's the beginning it's kind of like a bookend of the passion week and so every single day this week jesus is headed towards the cross and and, and on wednesday night Jewish people from all over the world and Christians will possibly be celebrating Passover. It's on Wednesday night this week until Thursday night this week. And um, so many, like the Jews, believe that they still need to give some kind of sacrifice or offering to pay for their sins. They don't actually sacrifice lambs anymore. They don't do that. But the key is that they don't know all you need is Jesus. That Jesus is your atonement. He's the final payment. He's bigger than any sin. And he's the only one to reconcile you to God, to bring you into God's presence. And you are holy and blameless in God's sight when you are standing there with Jesus as your savior. You see, Jesus hung on that cross and he said, it is finished. And we're going to gather all together uh, all over the world on Friday. Well, from our own homes, but on Good Friday. And we're going to remember that Jesus died and he said, it is finished. And you know what I think is just hilarious is that Satan thinks that he won. He thinks he thought that he orchestrated the events to kill God, to kill Jesus. But God was victorious on that Sunday morning when Jesus Christ rose from the dead and paid the penalty for all of the past sin, present sin, and future sin. Every sin that we confess is forgiven through Jesus Christ. It's a glorious love story. It is my favorite love story. This, this desire, this pursuit of God and humanity that he just didn't give up, that he had this plan to bring us back into unity and harmony with him. And man, he knows what we need even when we don't even know what we need. We just need him. I want you to say, I am reconciled through Christ. I am reconciled through Christ. Oh man, I hope you're saying it with passion at home. Say it again. I am reconciled through Christ. Oh. You see, to be reconciled through Christ is part of this package of forgiveness, right? And we've been talking about forgiveness for all these weeks, these sermon series. And if you've missed these sermons, oh, they've been so good. Go back in, into our website and listen to these. You see, we know that Jesus is the author of forgiveness, right, I just explained all that. He's the mediator, he's the reconciler, He's the giver of forgiveness and he gives it freely to every single one of us and that's what we've been talking about for this whole series, that we can forgive ourselves, we can forgive other people, how to forgive, that it's part of our heavenly inheritance to forgive and to to live in forgiveness right here on earth before we get to heaven. But what I wanted to talk about was this reconciliation piece. So we understand now God and us being reconciled. Well, what about me and you? What about people, right? How do we forgive when we can't reconcile? How do we forgive when there's been hurts and situations and people that we just cannot be in harmony with, right? Like we feel like we just can't reconcile with them. We might want reconciliation, but there's this very broken relationship, right? Something that's happened that have caused these two parties to become estranged and just like budding heads and the two might have been friends or maybe they were business partners or maybe it was husband and wife, right? But there's now something that's between them. And, and so if we want to reconcile, how do we do that? It's really so simple we choose to forgive. We choose it. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's very simple and it's very clear. We let go of the need to have the other person know and empathize and feel our pain. We let it go and we forgive them. We don't tell them that we're forgiving them. We don't demand that they listen. We don't seek revenge or vengeance. We don't strap them in a chair and relive every gory detail of that hurt that they caused against us. We don't stay stuck in bitterness, sucking on a sour lemon, living in a life of hatred and resentment. It's simple. We choose to forgive. Again, I'm not saying it's easy. You see, forgiveness is so emotional to me, it's so emotional in that it's the lover of our soul, Jesus Christ, who died so that we could receive forgiveness, so that there could be reconciliation, restoration between us and God, and that's emotional. And if it's not emotional to you, I kind of think it should be, honestly. It's emotional what God has done for every single one of us. But choosing to forgive someone or forgive yourself it's actually not an emotional decision it's a kingdom decision it's an obedient decision I choose to forgive and the feelings will catch up eventually right you see reconciliation with others means I choose to forgive those who hurt me and so we might ask well does forgiveness mean that the relationship is restored reconciled no not always it means you're forgiven it means that you forgive the other person they're forgiven and free but the relationship is not always restored and i want to encourage you to seek reconciliation where it is safely possible where it is safe and where it is possible I don't think it's a good idea for anybody to go back to an abuser who abused them as a child or an abusive ex-wife or ex-husband to reconcile with them. And actually, I would probably advise that you don't do it, that you don't need to do it. You see, forgiveness is between you and God. And reconciliation never means opening ourselves up to further trauma or further hurt. And going back to an abuser could do that. You see, if you've been the one who's been hurt, you can't demand reconciliation. If you try to demand it, that's actually manipulation. You see, you can't make somebody else repent or restore or reconcile. Have you ever tried it? (laughs) I'm pretty sure it didn't go that great, right? But here's the thing. You don't need their repentance, their restoration, or their reconciliation to forgive them. It's in your power to release them of the hurt and offense without ever, ever speaking to them about it, right? So when I forgive someone, there's no guarantee that we're gonna have a restored relationship, but there's a guarantee that through Jesus, I will be free. There is a guarantee that through Jesus, I can offer and I can give forgiveness and I am no longer a prisoner of that memory and of that situation. And again, I'm not saying it's easy but I'm saying it's possible. Forgive. Forgive. Now, if you have relationships that are broken because of your mistakes and God is calling you to restore that relationship personally with that person that you hurt, here's my advice. Get your butt out there and go and do it. Go and reconcile that relationship. But make sure that you are hearing that this is from God and it's clear it's from God. Man, don't go and open up an old wound for somebody else because you're trying to clear your own conscience if you didn't hear Jesus clearly telling you to do it. You see, no matter what, if you go to that person or not, God wants you to repent to him. It's the relationship with him that needs to be restored and reconciled first. And God didn't hold anything back when he reconciled himself to you through Jesus Christ, right? Like he didn't say, okay, Kimmy, I'm going to give you a limit. You're only going to get this many sins and the person over there is going to get that many sins. He did not. He was limitless in his grace and forgiveness. And so I encourage, I implore all of us to be limitless, to follow God's example, to reconcile where we possibly can. If we've messed up, go say sorry, repent and ask for forgiveness. This is what God wants you to do. Why would he pour out heavenly blessing on any of us if we are stubborn mules and will not reconcile when he has called us to do it? So do it. And you know, if you can't reconcile with that person in person, Remember what Charles Stanley says to do, to to get two chairs, right? To put a chair in front of you and to imagine that person that you hurt or that hurt you sitting in that chair and go through the steps of forgiveness and freedom and don't hold anything back. Remember that God's grace is not limited. He doesn't hold anything back from you. So don't hold back forgiveness. Don't do it, forgive them. It doesn't matter if you can restore or reconcile the relationship, you can choose forgiveness. And if you're wondering where to find that steps to freedom and forgiveness, you can go to the notes tab, uh, which is just right uh, on the right hand side of your screen. Just click on notes and you'll see the list there of the nine steps to forgiveness and freedom. I have just one last scripture as we're closing up for today. And this is from 2 Corinthians 5. And uh, I'd love for you to read the whole passage from 17 to 22, but I just want to focus on this one part. It says, All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gives us the ministry of reconciliation. You see, I've got choices. and, And I don't want to live as a wounded mom. I don't want to live as a wounded wife a wounded leader and I know that God wants to heal my wounds and he wants to heal yours and I want to be a part of his ministry of reconciliation and you know for some of us we've been living with wounds For years and years, hanging on to them, thinking, Well, I can't talk to that person. They can't apologize to me. So I'm just going to hang on to it for the rest of my life. I just can't forgive them. You know what? It doesn't need to be that way. You can be forgiven and free. You can give forgiveness. It can be limitless. And, church, I want you walking in forgiveness because do you know what happens when you? are forgiven and living an abundant life of forgiveness. You are healed and free and beautiful. Freedom is beautiful. And you then are an ambassador of Christ's reconciliation. So you can show somebody else what it looks like to forgive. Forgive with no strings attached. Well, if this is one of the first times you've heard that God loves you so much that he let his son die so that you can be restored in relationship with him. Man, I want you to pray with me because uh, God wants to live inside of your heart. And so I just want you to follow along with me. Uh, This is one of my favorite ways to communicate God's love. It's just so easy. It's the ABCs. First, we're gonna admit, and so I want you just to close your eyes with me right now, please, if you would. We're just gonna pray, we're just gonna say, Jesus, I admit. I admit that my sin separates me from you, God, that my mistakes separate from us from each other, Lord Jesus, and I repent of my sin, and, and I just turn from my sin. I admit it, Jesus, I am a sinner. And B, believe. Jesus, I know the only way to be connected with you, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is through your Son, Jesus Christ. And so I believe. Jesus, I believe in what you have done for me, that you have forgiven me of my sins, and I believe that you connect me to God. And C, confess. Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, we confess. That we have faith in you, our Holy Trinity, in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we confess that faith, Lord God. We believe and we admit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. And Jesus, for those who have just asked you to come into their hearts because they admit, believe, and confess, Lord God, I pray that you would just send the Holy Spirit down to them right now as your counselor, as your guide, Lord God, just to lead them and to grow them. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you give us your counselor. Thank you, Jesus. Now, if you have just, for the very first time, prayed that prayer with me, uh, on on the screen, there's a little question. It says, you know, put your hand up if you just believed for the first time in Jesus and I want you to click yes and uh, I'd love for you to fill out that connect card and let us know that you've done that because we want to celebrate with you there is a party in heaven because you have faith in Jesus Christ and um, and for all the rest of us I just want to close us in prayer Lord Jesus we thank you for your your atonement of your son Um, Father of your Son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that he's paid the penalty. He's paid for our sins, Lord God. We just thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. We thank you that you reconciled us to you. And Jesus, help us to restore relationships. Help us to forgive, Lord Jesus. Help us to reconcile all in your name to be ambassadors, Lord God. And I just pray, Father, that we could just take a few minutes just after this service and just ask you, are there areas, are there relationships where we need to ask for forgiveness? Are there relationships where we need to be forgiven, that we need to restore, Lord God? to shape us, shape us to look more like you, to reflect your goodness and your character. You are so good to us, Jesus. We love you, God. In your name we pray, amen. Uh, Thanks so much for being here with me today. May the Lord bless you and keep you.